So, greetings, and I'm sorry I'm a little late for this one, um, but uh, I've been attending a rather useful uh, webinar series by Reuters, and it's on all week for me, and um, I got an invite via the university, and um, uh, for me, it was a free attendance. So, uh, looking at the list of speakers on it, and it's an all-day thing, and I mean all-day. I mean, it starts um, very early in the morning to catch um, areas where they're already up and running, like Asia and beyond. Then the UK comes in and then the States. So it's a very long day for whoever's organizing this. But hey, the the presentations and the talks um, and the subject matter um, are intensely very, very good. So uh, before we go on, um, welcome to the CPD. And we're going to start looking at all sorts of things here. Um, apart from what I've put onto the webinar list, but we're <coughs> sorry, <coughs> um, sorry. Later on, we'll we'll go on and look at smart cities. So, um, for those um, of you who are into smart cities, I'm not going to go into it in a big deal. All I'm going to do is point you in the right direction as to what we need to look at. But first, let's have a look at the webinars and. And, and podcast on the AT slash CPD website. Cheers. At least it stops me coughing. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the list that we've got. And there is a new addition that I've put onto the podcasts, sorry, onto this list. And that is I'm including podcasts I've listened to. Technically, um, I find them very good. Now, a new site that's come up is called Reworked. And it is basically looking at the digital workspace, and it is very good. I've been listening to it now for a couple of weeks and find it very interesting the way that they talk you through the various things that's going on in the marketplace, not only for education, but also because of the, how businesses are now coping and changing the way that they think about working Um there's a lot of talk about not returning to the office, but keeping people where they are because of things like Zoom, because of Teams and others, Google's workplace and all different things that are going on. And so I think this is a very, very interesting um, podcast to go and look at for it. Um, it. It's called Reworked, a digital workplace. Put it into your prescribed or better uh, podcast player and do a search on it, and you'll find it is very, very good. Now, the next one that I'm looking at is um, is the reworked article. Um, it's not so much as an article. It's, it, it, it's, it's a way of staying at home. And the way that they, they list this is, is really good. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough about the way that reworked are, are doing uh, things here. Um, so um, go and have a look at the general site, which is what I put up first. But then this one specifically about um, head of remote working um, is, is really is a very interesting and eye-opening um, discussion that they put forward. Um, another useful one that I'm, I'm, I've been listening to for an awful long time now, <clears throat> and that is the Sidewalk Labs um, uh, podcast. It is very thoughtful in the way that they look at different things, open your eyes to different areas. 
go and have a look at it. Also subscribe to their mailing list because it is very, very good. Um, the way that they tell you what they're reading, the areas of research, and all sorts of things are going on. I mean, it really is very good. Now, the next one is really is all about the, the, the webinars. And, and the first one on the list is for the 14th of January. Now, this is interesting because it's to do with LinkedIn and the way that they are suddenly entering into this marketplace about hosting webinars and using their their expertise in linking people together to get people to attend. Can I put it more simply than that? They do it very well. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this one works. It's through Wessex, CP, um, uh, CIAT's Wessex region, and they have got um, a really good one that um, should be looking at. It's a case study of Riga Castle um, and education during the pandemic. I, I, I really do think this is worthwhile going to have a look at. I... I I just can't strongly recommend this one enough. It's heritage BIM, obviously, and so um, an area of increasingly interest to me about materials. Um, the next one, which I've already mentioned in the last um, webinar, is to do with BSI and uh, Net Zero Week. Um, that's for the 19th of January. It's a 10 o'clock start till 12 o'clock, and so that's an interesting one, a new time. And I'm pleased to see this, where people are trying out different times to get the, the, the people to attend. Um, and there's some really good stuff on that one. Um, the, the 19th of January, uh, Leveraging Collective Genius. It's an informal gathering to talk about technology in the world of design and service. I, again, I've not, I've not seen this one before. Now, it's on DBEI. And... I think there is a $15 um, fee to pay on this one. If you feel like paying it up, go and have a look at it. And, of course, Civic Choice on the 22nd. Always interesting little group of people. And I get a lot of emails from them about surveys and, and discussion points. Um, I'd go and have a look at this one if I were you. Um, I've put as many of the old ones as I can onto the archive. And again, I can only say to you, go and have a look at these because there's good CPD on past um, webinars. Most of them these days are recorded and then the recordings put up for you to go and look at at your own time. Now, this is interesting the way that this works because to me, I, you know, I, I'm not lecturing that much these days as I'm mostly retired. But I still have to attend the university. I still have to take part in things. And so I'm I'm often as not double booked. And so going back in my own time to look at a webinar is is useful for me. So I'm I'm very keen on this. Um, the rest of it is as you saw before, nothing's really changed except for the podcast where I've started to open up the discussions on that. But I would strongly recommend that you go back and have a look at some of the podcasts that I've put onto here. I'm I'm going to rechange this. I'm going to put it and pull it around. I've put them up here because I thought this was probably the best place to put it. But to be honest, I'm not sure whether this is actually correct or not. So I'm going to look at it and play around with it and then come up with something better. Maybe I'll put them onto their own page, either here 
down the bottom somewhere. In other words, general lectures with no real data structure, I might put on top of that podcasts and just put it into there. It, that seems to be probably the best way to do it. So, okay, plenty of stuff coming out now with the new year coming on and where we're seeing um, new podcasts being um, uh, put up. And also the webinars are starting to trickle out now. Um, I've seen one this morning from um, uh, from Eventbrite, a, a list of different things. and I, I, It only came in this morning, so I haven't had a chance to go and look at it. But they look as though there's some useful stuff on there. Um, so that's it, really. Um, current CPD website is is um, a little um, sparse at the moment, but no doubt that will will fill out in the next couple of weeks, and I'll fill in some more for you. The next one we're going to start looking at is is the topic that I'm 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 going to have a look at, and smart cities and where the data might take us is is the subject. Now I'm not going to go into this. You'll find this on the scales.co.uk website. Um, I'll put a link to it, I think, in the in the show notes, which I'll I'll link onto onto this episode. Um, but the the whole subject is is interesting in its own right, and I don't intend to sort of go into this in a big way. All I'm going to do is open up your eyes to the possibilities of putting some research and doing your own thing on this. So um, I I would strongly recommend that you. You take some notes on this. Go and look at the CPD. Sorry, go and look at the um, the show notes and also my slides up on scales.co.uk and start to make your own <clears throat> research into this. Time for a drink of tea, I think. So, um, so what we'll do is we'll nip down this and have a look at the um, uh, the different things that we can we can start to. Um, have a look at and i'm i'm of the opinion that there is a lot to be done on this um where we can start to have a look at the way that different things um apply to smart cities um and so let's look at the data in the extreme um it's not about pricing. It's not just modeling in BIM or within the 3D CAD system. It's about applying the data to all, all aspects of the building and cities. It's design, it's costing, it's the use, and it's the death. And I think that is probably something that you need to sort of put down in separate things and, and start to research smart cities under each of these different aspects. <clears throat> But the biggest one, I think, is this one I've put up, which is one major aspect is the building's use and how it fits into the surroundings. I mean, it's it's not often you get the chance to put a smart city up in its own right from the start all the way through. Most of the cities that are around in the world at the moment have been there for an awful long time, and you're going to have to start fitting smart city syndrome into an existing city. And so... You have to start looking at how all this fits into the bigger picture um, and how it might link with facilities management and, and how roads occur, how people look at it. And uh, it's just the wider picture. So I would I would strongly recommend you go and have a look at this and, and start to build up your own research on this. Data is obviously um, going to be a, a massive item in this accurate data um 
uh, checks for clashes in in the way that your caddy is going to work with either the construction itself or within the surrounding buildings or anything. Clash detection is hardly um, a new subject. I mean, I can remember doing it without the aid of CAD. I, I just sat there with my eyes on two different drawings trying to pick up clashes, and it was a time-consuming event. That's been reduced an enormous amount by the use of computers. But I still don't think it's in its, it's only in its prime. We need to look at this in a bigger picture. And that is using class detection across the whole of the project itself and also how it looks in the surrounding areas with the way that the building is going to be used, how it will be used as against existing buildings and their methodologies. So I'm, I'm opening up areas of interest here for you. Uh, and of course, um, grabbing external data and linking that into the scenario is a major area of smart cities and how that might work with clash detection. As I said before, it, it's a major, major subject. Um, the next one is obviously um, sourcing data for planning. And, and this is really where that latter end of the research goes, looking at the way that your building is going to work with the open area that you're going to fit it into. And, you know, I, I attend lectures that my own colleagues do. And I'm, I'm going to one on Friday internally within the university where the planners are holding an hour-long session where we're going to start looking at this. Um, I attended the last one, and, and it was exceedingly good. Um, unfortunately, it's internal only, and um, I can't invite you to it. So if you want to come, sign up to the university. Um, the, the, the other thing that we need to look at, again, is, is widening this brief on the data in our buildings um, and adding the information into the model and so that it's not only is it available to you but everybody else who looks at the model in the future. Um, and start to link the data. And it, it's, it's amazing what you can do when you sit down and just spend a little thinking time and looking at what you've got and how it links together and, and, and what is the control, traffic data, public services, power use, um, public comms. I mean, it, it's all part of how the building is going to work. And I, I really am I'm an architect friend of mine, a guy I used to work for, and um, he said to me, there isn't enough thinking time. We need to sit down and debate look at what we're doing and instead of sitting in that little cubby and, and and just drawing all day long and not talking to anybody you've got to sit down you've got to express ideas and see where that takes you and you know the hour-long lunch where you discuss this or go to the as the americans call it the water cooler and and, and just talk at, at those machines it, it needs to be done um so the smarter, the, I mean, my students look at it and they say, well, isn't Birmingham smart? And I say, well, not really, but he's getting there. Go and have a look and see what's going on on the outside. As a child, I remember um, looking at the, um, the, the paper charts that used to be put onto the bus stops, and it would tell you when the next bus was probably going to arrive. Now we've got these, and they're totems all over the city of Birmingham. And it's a live update of where the buses are, how long it's going to be, how full it is probably, and they're all linked to each other. So this is the start of the smart city. 
um, when I was traveling to the university a lot, then I'd go on the train and my app would tell me where the train is and when it's going to pull into the station and whether I had enough time to walk down to the station to catch that or I'd need to look at the next one. I mean, it is getting there. And this is the start of it with these use of totems and other sensors that are linked around the city, which we do have access to. You've got to go and get it and look at it. Um, and collecting the data, and, and uh, some of this data is, is self-powered, and, and you, you can look around and you can see solar cells. I mean, I've got one near me, which is um, a small stream that runs through my housing estate. And so the council have got this webcam that looks at a particular area where we know it's going to block up. And it's powered by a, a solar camera, a, a solar plate. And the camera then just looks at it and takes photos and sends them back. Brilliant. But there's sometimes when you can't get, and this goes back to this idea of existing buildings. How do you put sensors into an existing building without seeing them? And then sometimes you want sensors to do things that need to be within the construction. And so, you know, you've got this one-time hit where you go put something into a particular area of a wall or a roof, but you don't want to have to go back to it and put in batteries or put in cables to power it. And then there is things out there that allow you to, to scrape energy from the atmosphere and then use that to self-power it forever and a day. And so, you know, this thing needs to be looked at, and, and it's an area of research I think is worthwhile uh, putting some energy into it. The next thing is, and it's the way that we use data, the algorithms, the calculations that we want to put in. We're only just beginning to see how this is going to affect architecture. And the big one is obviously Dynamo and Grasshopper and Marionette are the three big um, graphical programming interfaces that you can start to look at and use these to do simple calculations or even complex calculations. I mean, I've seen both ends of the equation. Um, massive, massive ways of working and allowing you to understand how a building's going to work given the algorithms that you want to put in. So, you know, get out the old maths books and start to understand how things work with the data you've got and also the drawings you've got. So everybody says, well, what is a smart city? I mean, is it a city with a couple of totem poles around it? Well, probably not. But people are starting to say smart cities when they don't really mean that. And so I would, I would start to question what this whole idea of a smart city is. Is it collecting data? Is it putting in sensors around? Is it using that data more efficiently? I, I have my own opinions on this, and I'm writing a paper on it now to look at how smart cities constitute a benefit to us as mankind. And I'm not looking at it on a Birmingham-based, UK-based. I'm looking on a global basis. And so, you know, when you go across the world and start looking at what everybody calls a smart city, you get a whole host of different ideas. So I, I would strongly recommend, you know, going back to basics and just questioning what the hell is it. So there are new standards out there. Um, there is the obviously the 1192 uh, and the PAS documents, and now this new one that's come out. Well, not new; it's been out for a while now. 1956 5, 560, and the way that that is guiding us 
I mean, I get it from the university, but if you're in a company, go and make sure you've got a copy in your office. Um, I, I searched the the, the the internet for for things for my students to look at when I start discussing this, and I found this particular video, and it, and it's a great video. Um, it, it goes on about um how lighting, how traffic works, and how people work, and it, and it, it really is very good. Go and have a look at it. Um, it'll be up on the site, um, and it's worthwhile looking at. I teach this also about how sidewalk labs in the Toronto area, the quest, the quayside in Toronto was looked at. It is a classic example, not only of how a good design outfit starts to plan a smart area of a large city and also redevelop, you know, a, a rundown area, but also when you start to look back at it and start to look at their methodology, their thinking process and the way that they looked at it, and how they presented that and how the arguments went. I mean, the argue, arguments didn't win for them because eventually the Toronto city decided not to go with it. And rather than cut it back, which is what they wanted to do, Sidewalk Labs just says, no, can't do it, and walked away from it. And I applaud them for that because what they were going to do was not really a smart city. It was how somebody within the city decided that they wanted their system to go and a lot of it was down to privacy a lot of it was down to not understanding and and that's often as biggest problem ever is trying to teach people who are not savvy how a smart city will work and then there is this age of the big data and and, and i split this up for one thing in in, in I, I put data and big data as two separate subjects but it isn't the moment you put a sensor in and start collecting data, you are going to start collecting massive amounts of data. Some of it's going to be corrupted. Some of it's going to be wrong. Some of it's going to be useless. But there is going to be an awful lot of damn good data. And it's going to get big. And I mean big. And big that you've never even understood. We've only started to look at um, saving data. And you think you're two terabyte amount that Google gives you or is going to give you or if you go and buy Dropbox account and put five terabytes into it, you know, and you start putting photographs and other stuff, because don't forget, photographs are data in their own right. Go and have a look at it. Look at the metadata and also the information that it contains. Another lecture that I do with my students. But go and have a look at the amount that you're going to save over the next 10, 15, 20 years. You are going to go into the what they call the zettabyte age, where you are going to save an awful lot of data, and you're going to have to have the programs that will allow you to look at this. It's no good putting a spreadsheet onto something this big because you just ain't going to run it. So when I started to look at a new machine for myself, and, and I've got an aging five-year-old Mac that I run this on, but I'm looking at replacing it and i'm wondering what to get and the new m1 chip that is being touted by apple looks as though it might be the route ahead for me whether i go for the air or whether i go for the standalone little box that they've got is debatable um, but i'm looking at it um, i'm a big fan of google so i have two chromebooks and to be honest 90 percent of what i want to do i can do on a chromebook without even stretching the power of this one i've got and it only cost me, what, 400 quid a couple of years ago. It's still running very, very well.
But when I start to look at the amount of data and the CAD work that I want to do in using that, I'm thinking maybe I need to look at a better, better machine. So don't discount the way that big data is coming. It is coming and it's here. Um, you can't help notice this. I mean, it's in the press now as we start to look at the way the American election has gone, about how data has been used and how they're shutting down various sites, which I'm glad they have because I think they give data a bad name. But Facebook, look at the way that they use data and how the European Union doesn't like the idea <coughs> of data being manipulated in the way that they want to do it. Recently, I've just had a, a note come in from WhatsApp, and I use WhatsApp a lot to communicate with my friends. And I'm happy I live in the UK and also within the easier area of the EU because they've said, both of us, uh, we don't like this idea a lot. And, and I, I'm, I'm with them on this because I think the manipulation of data needs to be carefully handled. And I don't think Facebook are the ones to do that. Do I think Google is? Probably not, but at least I trust them better than I trust Facebook. So this whole idea of privacy and everything else that comes with it needs to be handled very carefully. And don't just say, no, we can't do it, because we need data to understand how the world is going to work in the future. And the moment you say no more data, then we go back a thousand years. Simple as that. And so the value of data is 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 to be looked at both in the short term and the long term. And I would strongly recommend that you put a whole section of your research into this. Um, and 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 the last thing on this really is is who owns the data. You know, I'm 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 looking at this as part of my data research to say, well, if I've generated the data, why the hell don't I own it? Why doesn't Google or anybody else give me information? back on it which they do so i'm happy on that point but there are some areas where they don't and i'm saying well if you want my data you're going to pay for it and i'm i'm i'm, I'm not easy with this I, I need to look at it because i think companies like google are well misunderstood i mean i get some very powerful programs that in recent years i've had to pay for but now i don't and I've got storage, which is relatively cheap. Okay, I pay a monthly fee to keep the amounts that I want in the right place. But there are other things that I get from Google which are free, and it all comes down to them using my data. So, you know, I have to play two things against each other here um, and see how it works. At the moment, I'm I'm cool with, with Google the way that they handle it. I am not with Facebook. I don't own a Facebook account anymore, um, and I'm certainly – questioning my ideas of using WhatsApp as my communication tool. I, I'm not happy with it at all. Um, the fact that I've got some very dear friends who use WhatsApp um, is giving me questions, and I really need to talk to them about it and see whether we can find something better. There's something called signals out there, which I'm investigating. I, I don't think it's the way ahead. I think we need to find something that's very similar to, um, uh, to WhatsApp to uh, for make me to switch but if i find it i will switch the usual thing references i've put up a lot of stuff about there about links onto various things um i will put up um the running show notes for this um both onto this presentation 
and also onto the ATCPD site where you'll find the show notes in their own page in the, in the next couple of days. And all that is listed up for you. So that's it, really. Um, I hope this was interesting. For those of you who are listening to this on your own podcast, then the audio version will be up on the um, on your reader very soon. Thank you for listening. Um, next week, um, I'm going to um, start looking at more of the, the things we've looked at before. Um, but I'm going to start, as, as far as the, the, the sort of smart city syndrome is concerned, I'm going to extend that a little bit. And I'm going to start to look at the, the idea of the electricity supply and the AC versus DC argument and how that works and areas of research I think may be interesting for you. So that's it. Um, I hope this COVID thing is, is, is working for you. Um, it certainly is um, a big problem out there. Um, I go out perhaps once a week to a supermarket if we need to. I go out once a day to walk my dog, um, and the rest of the time I'm stuck indoors. And it's not a big deal for me. I just put up with it. But the moment we can go out, um, I will be there. Um, our holidays have been put back and back and back, so I'm just waiting to see how it goes on. I've not had anything on the COVID jab yet, um, although Millennium Point within the university at Birmingham City University is now doing it. Um, I'm I'm... I'm waiting to see whether we get a call from our local doctor or whether we're going to call from them or somebody else. But at the moment it comes, I'm in there. I want the jab. Um, I think it's a great idea. Um, even if it slightly doesn't handle the new viruses that well, I think it is worth the shot. Although I read something yesterday where eminent scientists are now saying, it's okay, it does handle the new strains of the virus. Um, and I've not heard any more on that, so maybe it does, but I'm having it. That's it, period, end of story. So that's it. Um, next uh, issue will be on or around the 18th or 19th of January, and we're going to look at the electrical supplies, AC versus DC, and also whatever I can find for your webinar and podcast pleasure. That's it. I hope you're all going to stay well and safe, and I will see you all very soon, I hope, or you can hear me soon. Bye.